Bottoms up. This is Fred here coming at you. Episode 43. Episode 43. Do you have anything for us? Episode 43. (laughs) I'm going to say that 43 times. Okay. Because that's all I could think of doing. Uh huh. 43. Kiefer Sullivan. 43. (laughs) Kiefer Sullivan. Anyways, welcome. Appreciate you guys tuning in again and uh, listening to the the podcast. Um, Tonight we have a. special guest with us that is cholito first time on the show and uh how are you doing tonight cholito hello hi hi fred hi naps hello well good job it's uh it's good to be here for the first time after listening to you guys one year i was expecting my my invite to come a little bit earlier but but thank you yeah well you know there's a whole lineup of people want they're fighting to get on (laughs) this show so it's a long list Okay, okay. <laughs> Blotto couldn't be here today. Yep. Yeah, Blotto is uh, out on the East Coast. He went uh, to see his mom. They were celebrating her 80th birthday. So he joined his tribe, and they all flew out to the Philly area. And so um, Cholito was nice enough to fill in for Blotto. He's got a big mouth to uh, fill in for. <laughs> do, you, do you think Blotto's having a yingling right now? I sure hope so. Yeah, I bet you he is. He's thinking about us. They have a Hershey's Yingling now. Chocolate flavor. Yeah, yeah. So it's a chocolate Yingling Stout. That sounds awful. (laughs) It sounds hideous. (laughs) It sounds absolutely abhorrent. I would try it at least if it was placed in front of me. Oh sure, it's a beer, right? Yeah, it's it's what I do once a week anyway. (laughs) And that's knobs off to my right. How are you doing tonight? Oh, good. Good to be here. Excellent. It's a beautiful day in Michigan. Uh, cold as balls, yes. but it's nice and sunny, so as long as you're inside, it's yeah. a nice if day. If you're looking Michigan. from the inside out, it looks beautiful. Yes, yes, indeed. So, Anyways, so this is the crew that you have to deal with for this week. Um, let's see. We don't have any fact-checking to do. No, because so we're perfect. We're perfect, and uh, we expect no mistakes tonight either, so... Um, what we'll do is jump into the beer. All right, let's do it. Well, uh, the beer was provided by Blatto, even though uh, he wasn't going to be with us this time. And, and it was a special beer, so special that he double-wrapped it when he gave it to me. And he made me swear on mm-hmm. the life of my firstborn child that I wouldn't peek. And, uh, and I didn't. I had no idea. So we have just unfurled the packaging, and there's a a good reason for the beer. Today is the day that uh, University of Michigan and Michigan State play for the in-state rivalry, bragging rights, all that good stuff. And uh, the beer that Blotto provided is from Holland, Michigan, Big Lake Brewing. It's called Haze and Blue, which is a takeoff of the Maize and Blue, the Mm -hmm. colors for U of M. Uh, so this is a very, very cool surprise. I, if, I love didn't even the can. I love the logo. Tell us about it's, it. Tell us about it's it. It's like a tie-dye blue and yellow. It looks awesome. Blue and yellow? How about maize and blue? Maize and blue. Okay. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to get technical, yes? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's the play on words here, right? So uh, it's from Big Lake. In Holland, Michigan, and uh, the alcohol level, of, what was it now? 5.5. Five. 5.5, five. okay. 55. 55. 55. 55. Well, let's crack this bad boy open and see. Oh, 
we didn't even say what it was. It's a New England IPA, and it's brewed with uh, mosaic hops and blueberries. So, so Woo! we pre-rolled these before yep. we recorded, as we do with New England's. Yep, get the pulp rolling. I'm not sure if we have to with it for all New England's, but it's just kind of our thing, right? Well, we, we learned from having the M43 in a can that that definitely had a bunch of pulp that was sitting down on the bottom of the can. I was getting lumps when we had it, but mm-hmm. this does not look nearly as uh, hazy. It, it's dark-ish. Well, you've got the red glass anyway. A lot of head. My beer is always red looking. <laughs> Ooh, nice citrus aroma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go to Cholito first since he's our guest. And uh, what's your first impressions? What you think? So let me start with the packaging. I just love it. The combination of colors is great. Um, 5.5. The more, the better, at least for me. You know, that's the whole point. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, first flavor, it does bring some kind of like... Fruity, you know, I mm-hmm. guess it's a citrus or something. So liking it color. It's good Especially if you always drink from a glass the color. I think it's for me. It's important. You know, it mm-hmm. looks good More or less it's gonna taste good. So well, so they, far it is for me. They say it's hazy and you can't see through it So that part okay, how about you knobs? What you think? I hate it. <coughs> yeah, it's yeah, disgusting. Nah. No, and I love it 100% it's delicious. Oh, really? Yeah, like wow, it. he's jumping in both feet already. Um, Whoa. It, I wouldn't put it on level with M43, but again, we don't try not to compare directly. Right. But no, it's light, flavorful. It's got a frothy head on it. Um, I'm not getting any blueberries. Are you? Nope, not yet. No, I don't get any blueberries I'm on it. I'm sort of getting a little bit Are of you? an aftertaste. I got nothing there, but... Uh, it's got just the right amount of hops to it. Uh, I like it. You like the citrus level? Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, as for me, I'm a big fan of uh, New England IPAs, so, and uh, I'm not going to give it a for me quite yet, no. but it, it's it's taken a lot of the boxes off. Mm-hmm. So, I think my only complaint would maybe be just give me just a little bit more of. Everything. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it, it's a little on the subtle side yeah. for you. Yeah, just it's it's at about a like a seven five, probably like an eight eight five maybe. Turn that dial up a little bit. Put some more stuff in there. I was hoping it would have some pulp, but it really doesn't. I mean, it, it's definitely hazy looking. It's got a great head, but I don't know. I, I guess I got spoiled with the M forty three. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that texture. Me too. It, it makes it unique to me and uh the first new england ipa i had was called slurm yep and to me that that's just like the m43 in fact i like that better like than more. the m43 but it's the same thing it's it's full of the pulp and mm-hmm. i really like that I, I just enjoy that texture especially if it's really cold so okay we'll check back in a little bit on the the uh beer so jumping in Let's see. We got a couple of different things we wanted to chit chat about this week. Um, <clears throat> one of the first ones is uh, Supreme Court case. How about you uh, grab that one, Nob, since you brought it up? 
<laughs> Which one? Well, the, the, <laughs> we have a few, don't we? Taxes. Taxes, yeah. Um, so what, Trump and his lawyers are trying to prevent his actual taxes from coming out? And what the New York Appeals Court, I think it was, decided that they should come out or can come out. Yeah, I think and it now, was the Second District yeah. Court of New York. They uh, that was a unanimous decision that they should. Was it unanimous? Yeah, I think it was three, three zero. Okay, <clears throat> might have been the court before that was not unanimous. Then yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. But uh, so yeah, so now it's going to go to Supreme Court, which is stacked in his favor. So that's going to be interesting to see if they even pick that up. But if they do, I think that is going to be trouble. So I don't think they're going to allow that to go through. I kind of got the impression with this story that um, Dear Leader and his lawyers were trying to force this. On, you know what I mean? Because the Supreme Court, like any other court, has their docket. And mm-hmm. it takes X amount of time to be recognized by them. Right. But I think they were trying to ramrod this thing through. Of course they are. The impression I got from what I heard of this story is that even though it's a stacked Supreme Court by dear leader, is that there was a high chance that they were going to kind of slap it aside mm-hmm. from the standpoint, not so much that they don't want to help him out, but they don't want to get involved with being the ones to set the precedent saying that the office of the presidency has this blanket immunity right. from any investigation at any time during their term. And isn't, so that's isn't what Trump I th- and his lawyer's argument just simply that he can't be investigated while being a president because it's distracting? Yeah, he can't be charged. How ludicrous is that? Well, especially because the um, Southern District of New York, I think that's who's... No, 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 no. it's the state. It's, state. Uh, what, what's his name? Oh, I knew it yesterday, I can't remember. Attorney General, whatever, from New York, they're the ones after it. Um, but they're going after not the, the tax information from the president. They're going after his uh, accounting firm. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the decision that the appeals court said was, why is this bothering you? Why is this keeping you from not doing your job? We're dealing with an accounting firm. It has nothing to do with you. Right. And so that, that along with, I don't think the Supreme Court wants to get involved in the question of this blanket immunity that these people are magically making up. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to be too surprised if they swat it aside and say, we're not going to take it up. I was also reading that it's very rare for them to take on a case where every other court below them has sided in one way. So if it would kind of flip-flop back and forth and then came to them, they may hear it. But every single court beneath them has always said, yes, they need to be released. And, and I do believe it was unanimous. I think it was three-judge court. You might be right. And I think it was unanimous. That was another reason they were expecting the mm-hmm. Supreme Court to kind of swat it aside. And... But we're also not living in normal times either. That's true. You got it. <laughs> so. I mean... I, I, there, is, there is no normal anymore. That's right. The, the stuff that you used to almost be able to depend on is like, you know, just from... It's just the whole word precedent you, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with courts. There is no precedent yeah. anymore. I mean, it's it's just the wild, wild west. Everything's rogue. There's no norms anymore. So I agree with you that 
it, it sh- they should swat it aside, but who knows? Yeah. And I don't even know if anything's going to come out of these taxes either, but let them be released. There must be something hiding in there. Because they, they sure. So. Huh? Yeah, yeah. If someone's going to go through all this to hide them, then you would think there have to be something, but. Yeah, just. What could just, it be? What could it be, could Fred? It be? Well, <clears throat> what could it be? My opinion is following the money, they're going to see where all of his wealth has come from. Or, or lack, lack of wealth. Because he claims that he's his multi billionaire. Mm-hmm. Well, your taxes are going to yeah. prove it one way or the other. But they want to see it because of Stormy Daniels and Cohen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Be- because of the payoffs of uh, Stormy Daniels. And, and using campaign funds. Yep, yep. And Karen McDougal was the Playboy Bunny. And why did they waste their souls on him? <laughs> Money. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. So, yeah, that that's going to be an interesting... Um, event to see if they even pick it up and and i guess even if they do pick it up we won't have like a um a determination till like next spring or something so yeah nothing moves quick no isn't that amazing how slow the courts are it's ridiculous it is ridiculous absolutely all right so that's an interesting one on the radar happened this week but you know what else happens uh in a few months no tell me uh, Roger Stone will actually get his sentencing. <laughs> oh! Did they have a sentencing day for him? Uh, early February, like the 7th or something like that. Why does it take I to February? Seriously. But, you know, what's funny is Nixon's finally going to prison. <laughs> Between his shoulder blades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Yes. If there's an asshole walking around on this earth that deserves to go to prison, it's Roger Stone. I don't know how it took so long. <laughs> I mean, they had seven counts against him. Five were lying to Congress. Mm-hmm. I don't recall what one was. And then there was uh, tampering with a witness. Oh, yeah. The, the intimidation. <clears throat> witness tampering on its own can carry up to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the lying to, lying to Congress, it's, I think, an individual uh, count of that would be max like five years. But, of course, you know, they bundle it all together. He, he's not going to get, you know, 50 years out of this. He'll probably get probably like Manafort got, yeah, time served, yeah. <laughs> even though he wasn't serving time. He'll probably get probably five years, I would guess. Sentence to five would get out in like two. No, he'll get pardoned. I don't think so. You think that you think uh, dear leader's gonna leave him spinning in the wind? When has he ever been loyal to someone? <laughs> it's true. He only wants loyalty his way. Yep. It, it doesn't come back. Exactly. Yeah. If someone gets thrown under a bus, oh, he's not gonna do anything. Did 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 you notice that when? Uh, I don't know if you saw when Stone came out of the courtroom. Uh, didn't have his usual smart ass. Comments going and in the he wasn't, he wasn't doing the Nixon. No, he wasn't doing the Nixon. No. He didn't look quite as jovial for some. I reason. wonder why. You think a little reality is set in? <clears throat> Maybe. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say with that guy. And again, we don't live in normal times either. So, who knows if he'll even get sentenced? I think they're gonna like him in prison. 
I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at those suntan, cute old guys with the gray hair. <laughs> and the target on the back. And the target on the back. Imagine going face-to-face with Nixon, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. Cholito has no idea what we're talking about. Roger Stone was like a long-time um, advisor, friend of uh, Trump. Okay. And he got himself in... Because anybody that's in Trump's circle will eventually go to jail or get killed or something. It, they're going to die or go to well, jail. Or resign. Or resign in shame. So, <clears throat> anyways, this guy testified in front of Congress and he lied like five different times, which you don't want to do. And then he, he tampered with a witness that was involved with it. Long story short. But what we're laughing about is he... He's kind of old. He's been around since Nixon got in trouble. I think he was somehow involved in the Nixon campaign. I think campaign he was a political advisor. Or political advisor. campaign also, advisor. That and too. that was like, Nixon was like one of his heroes. And he's got a tattoo about that big of Nixon's face between his shoulder blades on his back. Why would you think? I think it's almost like a full back tat. No, I no, thought it was pretty big. No, it's only about no? that okay. big. It, I saw a picture of the other day where he had his shirt pulled down, and it, it's probably about six or eight okay. inches. And, I thought it was bigger. But he has it between his shoulder blades because that's one of his heroes. So that's what we're laughing about. They're going to like him in prison when they see that. So, mm-hmm. in, um, going, It took forever to get through all of his court proceedings, and he had this, this one judge who, well, most of these circuit court judges don't screw around. Well, Roger Stone, he he's just a smart ass and thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Super cocky, kind of flamboyant over the top, and um, he kept defying the judge. His gag order, right? And yeah, she would put a gag order on him because what he was doing is he was between like his court dates he was going on social media and doing he was slamming people he was um i believe he was posting stuff that was in regards to the case itself and see the one that had the witness or the judge with the target on it yeah 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 he he did he had a meme made up and he posted he claims it was one of his aides that did it but you you know what a target shooting target looks like Mm -hmm. well he had a picture of the judge that is overseeing his case with that target next to her head on a meme. You're not going to get a, a decent ruling from a no. judge or sentence. And that came from his accounts? Hmm? Yeah. That's him. Yeah, yeah. He, so, say, I mean, he said it, it was one of his aides. You can do it if you, once you post it online from any account that is yours, it don't matter who did it. You're, to you're responsible for You're it. responsible. You're to blame because it comes from your account, from you clicking so well, he he said it was one of his aides, but this is the kind of that guy he is, and and I I honestly think he believed he would. It wasn't going to end up turning out bad for him. It turned out bad for him because he had seven counts, and they all came back very quickly. Actually, mm-hmm. all guilty. So uh, well, it only turns out bad once we see what he gets sentenced to. Well, yes. that judge doesn't care much for him, so. I just don't know if we're uh, going to be having a hashtag Stone didn't kill himself meme coming around here shortly <laughs> or not. Like Epstein? Yeah. Mm, maybe. So, that was pretty humorous. What other big news going on this week, Nobs? 
Anything? Anything of importance? Um, can you think of anything? Nope. I think uh, bottoms up out. <laughs> bottoms up. <laughs> we're, Come on, we're out. out. Don't tell me that. No, we had uh, public testimonies this week, right? Yeah, the, uh, the impeachment inquiry started out their public hearings um, of the witnesses that in the last couple weeks have been giving behind closed mm-hmm. doors depositions in the uh, the whole Trump thing. Um, on Wednesday, we had George Kent, who was the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State. He was course living in the united states and then there was a bill taylor um i believe he's the acting ambassador to ukraine now but this guy's got like 50 years of public service behind him Mm -hmm. between he was a west point grad it's six years in vietnam and then yeah a lot of these people testifying aren't like fresh off the street and first time job i don't know better they're seasoned veterans of these positions we yeah. know what they're talking about. These people are um, lifelong professional mm-hmm. bureaucrats. And yep. the jobs that they hold are basically nonpartisan because mm-hmm. they get appointed by a president. And a lot of times they just continue to stay in their position, yep. regardless of a Republican or a Democrat who's ever in the White House. So. In the case of these guys, George George Kent, I believe he had 27 years. And then you had William Taylor, who's between his uh, serving in the Army and his uh, public service as an ambassador, he had 50 years. And then the other uh, ambassador that was involved in um, hearings this week was uh, Marie... Yovanovitch, and she had 33. And I guess before Taylor covered her, she was, I think she was the senior ambassador in in the whole State Department. Hmm. So these three people are um, lifelong career ambassadors and bureaucrats, and they've worked for both Republican and Democratic administrations. I think with Yovanovitch, what what was the count on the president she worked for? Uh, I think it was three and two. Four and two. Or four and two, yes, thank you. Yeah, she started uh, since with... Since Reagan. She started with Reagan, so she goes way back. Yeah. And uh, she had, like, all sorts of accommodations and awards and, you know... It's a very decorated career. Yep. 33 years. Yep, all these people were... And, and we, we keep kind of bringing that point up because these people are truly not partisan. Mm-hmm. They work for the country, the best interests of the country, regardless of um, who the president and the administration is. And it's interesting, some of the stuff I've heard about these people, that people that have worked with them, like an, I watch a lot of MSNBC and there's that McFarland, McFall, he was a ex, not ex, former, ex sounds bad, former ambassador to Russia for mm-hmm. years. Anyways, he was talking about some of these people because he's worked with them over the many decades. And he said 
he made a point of it. He goes, I had no idea what their partisanship would be towards. Were there Democrats or Republicans? He goes, because that kind of stuff never comes up in the kind of work mm-hmm. that they're doing. He goes, I, I would have no idea of what they were, what their leanings were, because they don't wear it on their sleeves. It's just not brought up. No. Not a thing. They, there's American um, diplomacy, and that's what they do. Yep. They, they don't do Democratic diplomacy. They don't do Republican diplomacy. They just do what's in the it's best interest of the... The diplomacy of the United States of America as a whole. Yep, but, yep. And her opening statement was very good, and I highly recommend everyone read it. It's only like six, seven pages long, but it's very, very good, and it specifically says all of that. Is She did her job, and it was just to push American policy. Not Republican policy, not Democratic policy, just policy. That's it. And, and, and what also struck me about the, the three diplomats that we're talking about is, is it was amazing to me how heartfelt their concern over Ukraine truly was. You know what I mean? To them, it wasn't just a job. Mm-hmm. They are there firsthand. Ukraine is uh, under a hot war with Russia because they annexed Crimea and they're still there. They're mm-hmm. still, they've, they've taken away part of Ukraine from them. And, you know, people are dying on a daily basis. They're, they're, like I say, in a hot war. And, and their concern was about helping the Ukrainian people. It truly, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's just... stabilizing the region, even. Right. You, we don't think about that stuff. You know, you hear about the Russians are in their country and they're fighting with them and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But these people are there, boots on the ground, basically. She was a frontline ambassador, I think is how she described it. So she's been in war zones and has been fired upon. That's she, she's seen some shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, needless to say, uh, these three diplomats are super credible witnesses. Which, you know, I during these hearings, it was like the Republicans were doing what they could to try and tarnish these people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you just can't do it. They, you know, under, there was duress a couple times when, when some of the um, attack dogs from the right would go after them. But did you notice how calm, cool, and collected they were? I, they were unflappable. Mm-hmm. They just, they never got angry and snapped back. And and I think in a lot of ways it was kind of funny because like the Jim Jordans of the world They'd like nothing more than to get in a tit for tat with somebody, yep. you know, under oath, trying to get him to slip up and say something wrong. And the, these people were just as calm. They were like as patient as death. It was hilarious to watch. I, I, I don't know if you got to see much of it. No, I didn't see much at all. I was working during all the testimonies. I didn't watch per se. I had it on my phone. Um, and I, I occasionally would look at it. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty comical, you know, because they're they're trying to get these people in a combative mode, and just that's just not how these people operate, you know. In fact, there was one um, congressman I can't think of what his name is. He's a Republican. He he was actually calling them needle nose nerds or something like that. 
because they wear bow ties and so he mm-hmm. he was like going after them and attacking them for the way they dressed. You know, it was ridiculous. I'm not even surprised. No, it's... me neither. Um, was it a tan suit? No, it's no, a tan no suit. it wasn't a tan suit okay. this time. There was um, I, I don't I don't know if you were aware of it, but like the way these hearings went versus like the ones that were for uh, the Mueller investigation. Did you see some of those? Uh, yeah, here a little bit here and there. I saw. Well, that. they would allow like five minutes per each, like a Republican yep. then a Democrat, and that turns into a shit show. Mm-hmm. It really does. So when the the Democrats set up the rules for these uh, in these hearings, they did it where the um, Adam Schiff or his they had a counsel, they mm-hmm. had a lawyer, staff lawyer would do the first 45 minutes of questioning. And the, the benefit of doing it that way is it's, it keeps a continuous flow going. Yeah. And then it would go over to the um, minority side, and it would be Nunez, the cow, or his lawyer, right? The lawyer that the Republicans have, this guy is awful. He is horrible. He's so hard to follow. You, you could tell... Like the the diplomats, as they're being questioned, it was like a lot of times he would be so long to get to a point, <laughs> you didn't know what the question was anymore. That sounds intentional. No, I don't think so. No? No, I just think he's just not that good. He he really wasn't. And uh, what, like like with the, the, the three diplomats um, in the hearings... They didn't show like hardly any emotion, but I I noticed when uh, with Bill Taylor he actually started laughing at this guy because <laughs> the, the guy just wouldn't get around to the point of it, uh-huh. and and he kept circling back around and you just could never get to the point. And Bill Taylor actually kind of like laughed at him, and that was like the only emotion I saw for the most part the whole time. Um, speaking of that guy. <clears throat> He kept the he. I'm, I'm talking about the George Kent and the Bill Taylor day, which was Wednesday. He kept trying, and again, this was one of those situations where he's going around in circles. He kept trying to say, or to get them to say, that they wanted to see Trump impeached. Oh, you, you know what I mean? Right, he, yeah. he was. He that, would that, say like, you, you would here. have to agree that blah 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 blah. And then he would like throw it at them, and they, and they're looking at him like, "What's the matter with you?" And and he kept coming back around, trying to he was trying to figure out a different way to say it, yeah, to get them to agree that they wanted to see Trump uh, impeach. And what what they both would do is they would they would like reset and they'd say, "We are nonpartisan professional diplomats. Uh, we." do not have any interest mm-hmm. in Democrat or Republican issues. We are fact witnesses. We're here to tell you what we know, what we heard, what we saw, and nothing more. And that guy, that counsel for the Republicans, he he just didn't know how to handle it. He would just keep going in circles, and they would keep repeating that same So, so that was their one game plan, was to get them to say that they wanted him impeached. Sounds like. Well, yeah, what, what they were trying to do is they're, they're trying to establish the fact that these guys are biased. Yeah. 
that they're not these down the middle of the road people that they truly are. They're trying to get them to fall into that trap so, you know, they, they can make them look like they're part of the deep state or, or mm-hmm. whatever. You know what the deep state is? No, but I don't know what you mean by <laughs> trying to get them biased. Yep. Yeah, so that that was pretty funny. Anyways, one of the um, things that came out of Wednesday, you know, because both um, Kent and Taylor, I think George Kent did 11 hours on his deposition and Taylor did like 9 or 10 hours. So it was pretty oh. in-depth, right? So the stuff that they were doing in these open hearings, was they were just rehashing the highlights, which, you know, and... And the Democrats were asking them things that were most damaging to the mm-hmm. president. And then the Republicans were just chasing their tails. So, But what was interesting with Bill Taylor, there was n- kind of like bombshell information was dropped. I, do, are you familiar with that phone call? No, I'll go refresh my memory. Well, w- what ended up happening is, I guess after Taylor's... Um, deposition was made public somebody in his staff realized that something that occurred in his presence was as important to the story as a lot of the stuff taylor said and what it was is you know who sandlin yeah right yeah this is his memory was refreshed and came back and came out with more stuff right is that what you're no, talking no, about no what happened is taylor had a a staff aide on in his group or whatever, that was with Sandlin mm-hmm. in a restaurant in Ukraine. Yes, now I know what you're talking about. And the public phone call. Sandlin on a unsecured cell phone. Yeah. This is the day after Trump made the call to Zelensky. This the, is the, the perfect phone call. The perfect phone call, which was on the 25th of July. This was the 26th of July. They're they're in a restaurant mm-hmm. in Kiev, Ukraine. And Sondland calls the president on an unsecured cell phone, and Trump is talking so loud. This guy, let me, I got his name here somewhere. David Holmes is sitting there. He can hear Trump on the other end of the phone asking him how the investigations were going. <laughs> so that was like the big bombshell that, that, that was new testimony that Taylor had no idea of because this guy came to him like right before the the public mm-hmm. um hearing and so what they did is they fed that information through their lawyers to the republicans and the democrats alike and so so that was huge news but question fred mm. what about hillary's emails <laughs> yeah what about the emails <laughs> they're in ukraine on a server <laughs> right. somewhere a private server in ukraine and it turns out, not only did this guy, David Holmes, who, by the way, came back from Ukraine and he did a deposition this morning with Congress. <clears throat> so there's a second um, person there that could also hear the call. So they're going to have two people hmm. that physically could hear the call. And and so a lot of people might say, well... You could hear a voice coming from the phone. It doesn't mean it's Trump, but I guess Simon was holding it away from his head. After they hung up, this David Holmes asked Sandlin. <laughs> Who was that moron? Yeah, basically. And he, and he told him it was the president and that, you know, all he was 
interested in was the investigations. He could care less about the corruption right. in Ukraine. So, so that kind of highlights the Kent and Taylor dep- uh, not depositions, but the um, testimony and the open hearings from Wednesday. And then, like we had mentioned earlier, Marie Ivanovich, she testified on uh, Friday. And like we mentioned earlier, she was a former ambassador from Ukraine. And the reason she was former is because Giuliani and his two henchmen, (laughs) Igor and Lev, (laughs) they they actually spearheaded a, a smear campaign on her. In conjunction with Fox News, because mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing that, Ru- and, and Rudy Giuliani was on with like Hannity, and they were smearing her. Of course. And basically the reason they were smearing her is so they could get her out of the way, because her being a professional, consummate professional, she was having none of their underhanded stuff where they were trying to get the uh, Hunter Biden... Mm-hmm. Investigation she wasn't going. falling in line with what they wanted. Right. And uh, then there was the 2016 interference by Ukraine in the election, which is all BS because it's the Russians. So they they were smearing her, and then she was recalled by Trump, which he's fully in. It's his power to do. It's because they all serve at the, what is it? What's the term they use? The Something of the president. At the will of the, not the will of the president, the pleasure of the president. That's so absurdy. <laughs> yeah. So for her to be recalled was not the issue because mm-hmm. they don't have to explain why they recall them. They can do it just because they don't like them, they don't want them there. But with her, they not only recalled her, but they smeared her reputation. And she's about as stellar of an ambassador as you're going to find. What was interesting with I mean, with her testimony, it would, she was super believable, super mm-hmm. credible, and again, unflappable. They, they tried to rile her up a little bit. But in the, in the call that dear leader made to Zelensky, he was bad-mouthing her to another president of a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And he also threatened her on that call. He said things were going to happen to her. Thought she was going to have a bad time or something? No. Or was that a different... No, he, he said she was going to have things to deal with or something like that. He, basically, yeah. it was like a mob threat. Like, right. you got a nice family. It'd be kind of a shame <laughs> if one of them happened to fall off a cliff yeah, or something. something were to happen. Yeah. So she's sort of been in fear for her her safety because mm-hmm. I think when she was still in Ukraine when when the smear thing was going on with Giuliani and them they were I mean she was contacted by Ukrainian officials basically saying you need to watch your back because this the stuff Giuliani and Lev and Igor are doing it's not good and then she got a call from someone else that's in the the US State Department basically told her you need to get on the next plane back to the u.s and so she was sort of fearing for her life you mm-hmm. know and then come to find out in once the transcript of that call came out you got the president of the united states threatening her he's not only bad-mouthing her to another foreign president where she's serving 
But he's basically threatening her, saying, you know, things are going to happen to this yeah. woman. So anyways, I got a long story short. I'm getting long-winded here. She's test testifying on Friday morning. I think it was like she started at 9, so this was a little after 10. And Adam Schiff <laughs> basically stopped the proceedings and read a, uh, a tweet that dumbass put out. And he basically was attacking her again and, and smearing her, saying that um, her whole career, anything she's touched, has turned to shit. And, and he's intimidating her in real time right while she's on the stand. It, it's witness intimidation. It's like he, he gave them another article of impeachment, basically, live as it's going on. It, it just... I'm, my mind is blown at how stupid this guy is. I mean, he is his own worst enemy. Who would do something like that? Nobs? I was trying to find the tweet, and I can't find it quite yet off the... Okay. I'm, I'm prepared, but... Yeah, like, seriously, in the middle of a testimony, you're going to go through and tweet about someone? And, and That's you know, ludicrous. You know some of the people that we fight with on yeah. social media? You know what they said? You know what their answer to that was? Well, if Schiff wouldn't have stopped the testimony and told her about it, she would have never have known. What? What kind of a defense is that? The guy's got 63 million listeners on Twitter, or followers on Twitter. That immediately is gone to over, you know, half of the nation. That That's absolutely insane that that is their line of reasoning. And they're, they're defending him. Of course they are. So, it, it just... I, I don't know that they're going to use that as a, another article in the whole grand scheme of things. I don't know that there was enough there in that tweet to be usable in that regard, but... Well, Joe Reezy and I were talking about it, and she goes... This was this morning over coffee. She's, she's kind of not playing devil's advocate, but she said to me, she goes... She goes, I read... She goes, I've heard all the hubbub about what Trump tweeted. She goes, I read what he said, and she goes... She goes, it... It just doesn't seem like a threat to me. I said, no. I said, but you got to put it in context. Think about where this started back in early 2019. It started with the smear campaign. Mm -hmm. it, then it went to the phone call where he's threatening her there. I said, it's, intim it's witness intimidation because she's already fearful because of what's happened in the past. And he does that while she's on the stand, which isn't coincidental. Right. I mean, he did that with purpose. And, and, and not only is it intimidating to her, but you think about other people who are considering coming forward. Do I want to be threatened by the, the most powerful person on earth? I don't believe he's that, but that's no, the seat is. that Putin is. That's the, the seat that this guy holds. I said, you got to put it in perspective. It's not just that one tweet. I, it's, I don't care what that tweet said. I care what the intent was. Mm -hmm. And the intent is, is he saying, I'm watching you, I'm listening to you, and you need to stop. You need to shut up. If he wants to make statements like that and defend himself or discredit a witness, go on down there. Be part of the testimony then. <laughs> he has an open invite to be a part of it. I know. Mm. You made me think of something. Going back to Wednesday when it was um, Kenton Taylor, mm -hmm. the, uh, Jim Jordan 
of course, they all want the whistle. The Republicans, they're so hung up on having the whistleblower testify. That's all they got. Well, what are you going to get out of the guy? What they want is they want retribution on the whistleblower. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear what he's got to say. They want to know who it is so they can punish this guy. Right? They want to smear him or her. <clears throat> exactly. They want to destroy him like they've destroyed so many other careers. So Jim Jordan, that ass clown, he he's going on and on and on about the whistleblower. And he's going, the one person that they will not call to be a witness before us is the whistleblower. Blah, 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 blah. He, caught, he started this all. He caused it all. And then there was a, I think his name is Welsh. He's from Connecticut, maybe. He's the next guy that talks. And he said, oh, I totally agree with my colleague. You know, we, we definitely need to get the person who started it all here to testify. And said, anytime Mr. Trump wants to come along, <laughs> that seat right there is waiting for him. And so it actually, I think they started calling that he, that he welched Jordan. Uh -huh. That's nice. a welched yep. with a D on the Yeah, welched. So... I like that. All right. Did you see uh, another memo get released this week? Another phone call with uh, Zelensky. Well, they did it during they did it during um, Friday's what? hearing. I thought it was Wednesday's. No, no, no they my, did it my days y'all mixed around then. Yeah. So Nunes Cow read it. Read the whole thing. It, it was, was the April twenty first or something. I mm -hmm. think. And their whole thing is, we had nothing to hide. We'll release this memo too. Did, did you hear what it said, though? I read it. Okay, it was just a simple congratulatory yeah. call to Zelensky from Ukraine. Yep. And, and you know what's hilarious? Well, no, I think it's hilarious. But the, they're trying to make it sound like that first call, along with the second call, was this big concern about um, all the wrongdoing going mm -hmm. on in Ukraine or whatever. There wasn't a single mention in either phone call. Well, that's their thing is, well, this first phone call, nothing bad was said. So nothing bad could have been said in this second phone call, right? <laughs> that's was, their whole thing. I, that's all they got. Did you read the real creepy statement by Trump? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, it was back when I owned and ran the Miss America pageant, Ukraine was very well represented. <laughs> He's such a creep. That, that creeped me out so much. You've heard all those uh, uh -huh. complaints about him at those pageants. Yeah, he just, would just walk in on the girls changing. Yeah. 16, 17-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. Not surprising. It's good to be Trump, right? Maybe not. <laughs> no, no comment there. All right. Well, this is uh, the party of moral values, right? Mm. Yeah, religious right. All right, well, that's kind of all I had to say about that. You? Uh, yeah, I think we covered everything. I think we covered enough, at least, yeah. All right. Well, part of the reason that uh, we have Cholito here with us today is um, we're going to ask him a, a couple of questions along the political realm here. And... Uh, our point of view with this is that um, Cholito is Mexican-born, correct? As far as I know, yes. As far as you know, yes. 
and, and you you are now living in the U.S. and working in the U.S., but we we kind of wanted to get um, a point of view of somebody who's from Mexico, and obviously the Mexican people in that country have been under attack relentlessly for the last three years from from this administration. So we, we sort of wanted to get uh, a point of view from where you've come from and what you think of what's going on. So if you don't mind, I was going to shoot a couple questions your way. and Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, how's the beer? Go for them. So far, it's still good. Um, I do not think I will take the same beer two in a row. Mm-hmm. I will definitely like to try a different flavors. It's one of those beers that you take it's one. It's not getting better. It's staying the same, but the flavor is just too deep, I guess. So you don't want that much strong flavor, I guess. Just change to something new. That's that'll be my humble opinion. Yeah. So it's not for you. It's for me, but only one. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't take two or three in a row of the same. Okay, fair enough. How about you, Nobs? Uh, I think there's a fourth can laying around somewhere. I'm about ready to crack that open. All right. <laughs> That's four knobs. Uh, I'm going to call it a meh for me. Just a meh, huh? Yeah, just a meh. Huh. All right. All right, Cholito. I'm going to fire some questions at you. I'm uh, the, go for the it. cub reporter here. So. Yep. Um, before we, to kind of get things started, um, we're just going to ask a couple questions about you. Just get a little background and, you know, nothing too in-depth, just some general things so people get an idea who you are. Uh, where and when were you born? Alrighty, so I am from the 80s, late 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was born in Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Mexico, alrighty. One of the three biggest cities of the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk a little bit about your family. I mean, you got brothers, sisters? Yes, I do have an older sister. Um, overall, my whole family is in Mexico. Um, most of my family is in, my family is in Guadalajara, mm-hmm. except my dad. I want to say he made a really smart move around 30 to 35 years ago. By leaving the big city, moving to a small town, which is where I was raised. And his vision was, I'm going to raise my kids in the border of Mexico and U.S. And somehow he's going to learn to speak English and he's going to be able to work in the U.S. And somehow leave Mexico. And somehow he accomplished that, you know, I mean, making like a very long-term plan. So his idea was, if I stay in the middle of Mexico or south in Mexico, I'm more far away from the U.S. And not saying that he wanted me and my sister to leave Mexico, but he did want it for us to have a better lifestyle. Well, more opportunity, right? More opportunities. I guess yeah. that's the right term. Some choices, and, right? Yeah, even though I love my country, I do have to admit I have a better lifestyle here. So, oh, Fair enough, you know. Dad had a plan. 
So the, there, he still lives in Mexico, right? In your... Yeah, that is correct, yes. Okay. Uh, how old were you when you came to the U.S., and what was the reason you came here? So I've had intermediate moments here in the U.S. I want to say I've always had a, a visitor's visa. Mm-hmm. So living in a border town, as I was doing, it was very common to say Sunday, let's do something with the, do something with the family, cross to the U.S., go to the mall, go shopping, go have dinner, just like any normal oh, family. So you, you could go back and forth. Yeah, that's no, will, yeah, right? that's no issue. I want to say more than half of the population of all the people that live in the borders, they have some sort of visitor's visa or dual citizenship, so they can just cross back and forth. So it's no issue. Um, I wouldn't count count that as one of the in, intermediate moments that I was talking to you about. I guess my first real exposure was when I got into junior high school, which is seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade, so um, part of the plan that I was like right now about my dad, about his vision was, okay, so he's, he, we're in the border, but just being here is not going to be enough for... To make the push for him to go over there is I gotta I gotta make him closer to the U.S. or put him there. So um, he got into this private school, seventh grade. So you had to take a test. I don't know how I passed the test. Don't, don't ask me that. Um, so I took the test and then I did three grades, seven, eight, nine, in junior high school. Or I won't say nine is already high school. High school, yeah, depending in the U.S. You know. So, so yeah, I did three years and then went back to Mexico. Money comes, money goes, money went <laughs> that time, so I had to go back to Mexico. Uh-huh. So that was like my first intermediate moment or real exposure moments. Mm-hmm. Good thing, besides all the general stuff you learn in those grades, um, I did pick up English. Um, never got rid of the accent. I'm actually really proud of I it. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> really you you still got a very yeah, thick uh-huh. accent. I wake up every day saying, I'm not going to lose it today. Not today. I'm gonna keep my accent today, you know, because, uh huh. That's a joke. I tell myself every day. Uh, right? I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm fluent. <laughs> I work. Customer, co-workers understand me. Good enough. Mm, barely. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. So yeah. <laughs> Anyone else complain? I don't care. Um. So yeah, second momentary was or intermediate moment. I want to say um college. Mm-hmm. I did my college in in the U.S. Got my bachelor's in physics here in the U.S. Was that in Texas? Yes, University of Texas. Uh huh. And then it's hard to get a job with a visa. So my besides me, all, all my American friends, you know, and classmates, American citizens, were having issues getting a job. So imagine me, right? You know, no matter you graduate, you you don't get a resident or any kind of strategies for graduating right no one cares about it you know you get a a small per- temporary per- permit you know so my idea was if i can't get a job in the u.s at least i'm gonna start my career in mexico and i'm gonna still be applying to the years alrighty so i went back to mexico um did a couple of jobs engineering jobs in mexico just to start my career and at the same time i was Applying every night at least to one or two different positions in the U.S. Until, I don't want to say that long, almost a year and a half late. Someone called, hey, did you apply a year ago? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
I couldn't even remember the name of the company or the position. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did. You know, so they're like, you willing to come to Texas? I'm like, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go back to, I'll go back to Texas, no issue. So that's my once I I got a phone call that that's my third, I want to say official and so far definitive moment, because I've been stay I've stayed inside the U.S. since that phone call for the past now f- almost five years. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Cool. And you, you said you did your schooling. Um, <clears throat> your what's your profession? So I'm an engineer. I couldn't get a job in physics. There's less doors, to be honest. But apparently, and I don't want this to be something like in the next show, you guys fix it. I'm not sure if it's right. You can get a job as an engineer if you come from physics, but not vice versa. So I had those those also open. So I stayed in engineering. I got my master's here in Michigan about six months ago. So I continued my education. Mm-hmm. So I want to say... More or less, I'm becoming more Michiganer, I guess. Oh, excellent. <laughs> nice. Okay, so what is your status now, your legal status? I'm still under uh, a working visa. There is different types of visas. I want to say that I've gone through a couple of them. Each one a little bit better with more benefits than the other one. Um... I feel good in my career right now. That so, f- hopefully the next day is gonna mo- it's gonna jump my visa to a better better status. So that's my current current scenario. Mm, okay. All right. So we got a little bit of background on who you are, and uh, since we are a political show, I, I wanted to ask you a, a couple political questions, if you don't mind. Uh huh. Having the eyes and the filter of being a Mexican citizen. What is your overall feeling about the president and his administration as far as the way he treats your country and and the people that are coming from your country who are trying to get into the U.S.? I mean, what's your general feeling about it? So I'm going to back up a step a little bit before I go so deep. Um... In my opinion, of the current president and his administration. So, for all the Mexicans, no matter your economic level or amount of power or position or whatever you do, having the U.S. to the side is like having a a giant to you. That's they're watching you, or you feel that someone's watching you. If the U.S., their their economic status, if the U.S. has flu, imagine what we get. You know what I'm saying? We get something way worse than flu, you know. So it just goes like that. So since they are neighboring countries, you know, there's a lot of um, imports, exports, a lot of treaties, you know, for the both countries to help each other, you know, and and try to make the best of the two nations, but you still got a giant and there are ones, uh, I hate to say it, we're a smaller country, less powerful, less economics, less resources somehow, less prepared, less educated, if you want to look at it that way. So it does matter if you got a president that 
is 100% willing to work with its neighbor, or if you got a president that, before taking day one, says, I get Mexicans. It does completely matter. You automatically cut all those relations, you know, even though there are political relations that many presidents, maybe without liking each other at different times, have worked to make all these deals and work so hard, you know, and someone, someone comes up, you know, I just, just because I don't like the color, the accent, whatever it is, you know, I'm gonna try to, to, I don't want to say punish him, punish him, but try to go over all those treaties we've done in the past. It doesn't matter. I, I, I guess I got a sample of the, the NAFTA. Mm-hmm. I, I think we went, I mean, around the NAFTA for the past, I mean, about two years ago. They were discussing that, you know, he was trying to just to go, to go over it, trying to change, trying to go out of it. You know, that's a treaty basically not only benefits Mexico, it also majorly benefits the U.S., Oh yeah, so you, for sure. Yeah, so it's a, it's a two thing. It's a two country relationship. Well, I mean in that case three, but just talking about Mexico and US, it's a two country relationship. You you just can't wake up and say, I don't like working with these guys anymore. I mean we ain't going anywhere. We're staying there, and you guys ain't go, going anywhere. You're staying in, in your country. You know, like the country is not going. You can't change a country from one day to another. So, I think a person of that amount of power, or at least in that position, should be more political and not let his feelings about people or stuff like that take over his decisions or political decisions. You're being really too nice. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> you need to quit sugarcoating. You know what show you're on, right? This is uh, as nice as anyone's ever been on this show. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I'm starting to see the the walls look kind of candy coated. <laughs> How do you really I'm feel? I'm totally against the wall, man. I'm totally against the wall. Um, so, do do you think that he treats your country and your people with the respect you deserve? No. Okay. I don't. No. He treats no. you guys like shit. Yes. Um. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. The Gracie so trolls. It, it's a little out. biased, you know. I gotta be honest. Um, no, I'm letting, I'm letting I, it I, riff a little I, bit. I but. just removed my coat for all the all the listeners. You know, it's it's getting hot in here, and, and I, I don't see no one move the the heat at all. Uh huh. Yeah, the furnace is off, but uh huh. Yeah. Now just um. No, yeah. Um. It's so. Uh, let me tell. You, I'm gonna tell you one thing. Then, then I'm gonna get out of your way. It's okay to get angry. <laughs> because. I don't know. I, I just think he treats no, yeah, your country I, and your people like shit. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Um, talking about specifically about about Trump, yes, I'm totally against him. To be honest, I guess my opinion, as as I was saying before, it was more of how a president should behave, no matter who it is. You know, no matter you like your neighbors or not, they're your neighbors. They're gonna be there. They're not moving. It's not. It's not like a house. Right. You sell it. No, you can't sell it. You know, you, they're there. So you like it or not, you got to work with them. You can't just stay there. Hey, I don't want to work with these people. You like it or not. It's it's a fact. I, I don't like the how he's doing his administration. Um, in my current status, I can't vote, to be honest. And Damn. that is... Yeah, Dude, I know. I, oh, no. I, yeah, no. Trust me, yeah. Um, If I could... 
it's this is not a fact. This is, a, this is an opinion from all the people that I know with bases, and I can mostly assure you that if they will let all the people with bases vote, it will be against them. Well, what? It, it will be against him. Oh, okay. Completely in this in this coming election, it will just be against him. Of all the foreign people, with I'm not talking about Mexico, all the foreign people, and not so much to take on a specific party side, but it just comes to a very simple thing. And I'm gonna give an example. In the previous elections, when we had like the the, oh, I hate to say it, but the top two runners, you know, I guess. Hillary and and Trump, the okay. top two. Even though I hated everything Hillary was going for, I would have voted for her because it comes to a very basic question. One guy wants to take me out of the country. The other girl wants to treat me like shit, but still in the country. <laughs> he, he, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it, it just came up to that. Like, I completely don't agree with you. But you're letting me in. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just voting for you. The other guy, it doesn't even matter what you say. You just want me out. So it's just the same scenario four years later. And that um, basically brings you to, to what I was... back. That basically backs up to what I was saying. You got all these people. Hey, I will just vote against him. Uh, because of that simple statement. So no matter how... All these promises, you know, when you are in a status that is not citizenship or or resident status, you got only one basic question. Does this guy favors you to stay inside the country or outside the country? Anything else basically goes to the second. Yeah, no, no, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, I know you were mentioning about the wall. Yeah, I was just curious what you thought about the wall. I think so stupid. Since, since that's his his big phallic symbol. I think that so stupid. Um, politically, his marketing team might be genius people. I don't know. Oh please. Uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, no, I mean. Knobs, you're closer. Smack him. No, <laughs> none of those people I mean, are geniuses. I mean, no, I mean, you, you convince so many Americans to do something just by saying by by saying so, something so stupid. His marketing team, they must be really good. I I think it's a very stupid mm. idea, but it worked for them. You know, it worked for them in the past. Four years, three years ago, it worked for them in the past. You know. Yeah, but the thing now, about it, three years ago, he said he was going to build a wall in yeah, Mexico. Exactly. Pay for it. Oh yeah, well, as far as I know, there's yeah. no new wall exactly. built. Exactly, and so stupid. You know, that's like, and I'm, I'm gonna provide a very minimalistic example. You have your house, you have your all this land, whatever square feet you have here in your house. You wanna build a fence, and your neighbor can see it. Are you gonna charge it to the neighbor? Heck no! I mean, you can do whatever the, you can do whatever. I, the, uh, I mean, Fred, I guess uh, I I guess you can do whatever the, the hell you want in your country. We can Mexico. We can do whatever the hell we want in your country. If you can see it from your house, I'm sorry, it's our land, you know. So you can go and put the wall. They can do it. Are we gonna pay for it? No. Is it gonna make a difference? No. I mean, we've all known for the past fifty years. They build fences and they they add more cops and more customs and all these securities. 
people are, are still gonna cross, we're still gonna cross, you know, it's... Overall, it comes to one basic need. Am I doing good in my country? Do I have enough to sustain myself and my family? No. Well, people are just gonna find a way to cross. You put a wall, you don't put a wall. Uh, I, me, I think it's just stupid to waste money on that and time. To me, the, the, the wall is such a waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we, we have laws for uh, people that want to come here for asylum and all that. I, I think they should just participate within the system and you don't need the wall. It, the, and you know yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you're getting at. It's, there's a process <clears throat> to follow, right? Yeah, and and he just seems to want to squash that, and he just doesn't want them coming. But he 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 sold a simple idea. Yeah. The the solution to everything is a wall. That's it. 42. Exactly, and that's why the answer to everything. It's forty-two. That's what that's what I'm saying. Three years ago, his marketing team did a good job, even though I hate it, you know. But like, if you go from good job, they they, they did a good job. It's something so stupid, it worked. But in theory, but it, it, does, it didn't mean it was gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. It's impossible. A wall rep- represents something in politics for two countries. That's like saying I don't want to. Know relationship with you okay we'll stop i mean exporting everything to you and see how you let's see what you do tomorrow yeah it just goes simple as that you know okay so all right do you have any thoughts about the whole child separation thing at the border and in do you know anybody that's been affected by that personally? i do not know specifically i do have a couple of friends that work in migration association organizations something about something about that mm-hmm. industry and what they do is they take these kids and over a period of time they try to find their most close relative in the US and then they fly with those kids and they deliver them but that's it there's no extra aid help, there's no extra aid, there's no extra money, there's no nothing. But those are just very few fortunate cases. Um, the reality, uh, the reality, um, you got people from all South America and not only Mexico trying to cross, and all the people that can't make it to the US, guess where they stay? Mexico. Yeah, but besides that, like, they stay in the border of Mexico. They just make up, they try a couple more times. It's not doable, not feasible for any any reasons, you know. And a lot of them just decide, you know, I'm going to stay in this in this border town, you know, and make up my, my life there. I've met people like that. Um, hopefully their kids are able to cross for whatever reason, but... Right now, currently, there's a huge population of people from different countries of South America, like Honduras, you know, mainly. And they've, they've been in the border, living in the expense of the organizations that run the, 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 the bridge between U.S. and Mexico. And they do deserve, receive like the minimum of the minimum a human being can, can get. 
um, in both sides of the border, Mexico and, and U.S. And yeah, as you're saying, the kids do get separated from their parents, you know. Um, overall, just a bad situation. I don't think any of the border cities, either Mexico and the U.S., are doing the best thing, to be honest. But I can tell you that the U.S. has way more resources to help these people. And they're just not, not, not trying to favor my country. But again, it's a giant against. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no question about that. Okay. So, bottom line. You hate Trump, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 300%. Yeah. 300? All right. Well, I think I'm a little dry here. Yep. I've been empty. You've been empty. Been empty oh, yeah. you could have grabbed that fourth. I was thinking about it, but I'm really curious on what the next one is. Uh, yeah, me too. We, we've got another surprise yeah. coming. So Okay. All right. Well, let's take a look in the treasure trove and see what we got. All right. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. All right, Fred. So what did Blotto leave us with? Well. Let's see. I see green. I see green. I see white. Ah, he went to the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. The Michigan, Michigan State uh, rivalry that was played today, and I understand you know the the outcome. Uh, I saw a score. I think it was the outcome. Should I should I say it? Was yeah, it, I don't think there's any spoilers. <laughs> this will be a few days after uh, it happened. I think it was forty four ten Michigan. Last wow. I looked. That's amazing. Because yeah. the. It hasn't been that lopsided in forever. Yeah. So I, I never listened to sports whatsoever, but I randomly had it on my way down here, and it was literally just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So it was kind of crazy. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways, we got, uh, since it's the Michigan State side of the coin, uh, we've got Sparty Party. Again, it's from Big Lake Brewing in Holland, Michigan. And again, it's another juicy New England IPA. I'm not so, sure I like that name. <laughs> juicy. Juicy. So we've been rolling our beer here and yeah. rolling our cans. And I have been informed by uh, Mr. Knobs that uh, Sparty has a little more party in it than, <laughs> than the last beer did. Uh, we're bumping up to 7.0. Yep. All the way at Echo. 7. Woohoo! No sister kissing going on here. All right, let's crack this bad boy open and see what we got. Definitely less carbonation. Yes. I still got a little bit, but not as much as last time. Looks a little bit lighter, <clears throat> too, I would say. A few shades. Mine's red. <laughs> Everything's red to you. <laughs> All right. Oh, I got some in my proboscis. <laughs> We should mention that the last one was blueberries. Did they mention the hops on the last one? The, there was a different kind of hop. These are Amarillo. Well, what, you you tell us what, what kind of hops are these? Amarillo and Mandarina. See, it sounds so much yeah, better right. when uh, <laughs> Cholito so, says it. It sounds uh, exotic. It sounds exotic. <laughs> I I wanted to do a flamenco dance or something. <laughs> Ouch! I don't want to see that. Was that bad? That was perfect, Fred. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm not getting as much smell. Aroma? Yeah. Or smell? Aroma. Smell. You sound, you sound so good. I do think it's gutter- way flavor stronger. My beer smells. <laughs> it smells dirty. <laughs> it's a dirty beer. My beer smells like ass. 
I don't think I want it. I don't think it's for me. <laughs> All right, Cholito, what are you, what are your thoughts? I think it is the kind of beer you order at a bar. You know, you just arrive at the bar, you order. You know, just to just to get in the mood because it's strong enough, flavor strong enough. You know, so just kick your drinking mood and ah, uh-huh, that's it. So I guess it will be for me at a bar. At a no, bar. it's at a barbecue huh? or a, like a relaxing place. He's going situational on it. Yeah. yeah. It's a situational beer. Um, I like it. Uh, I think whereas the last one had good flavor, low hops, this one is high hops, low flavor. But uh, I like it. I would say for me. I drink it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you because the, the first one... Definitely had some a lot of a lot more upfront flavor, where this one not so much. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the, definitely picking up the the hops in it. Let me do a tentative for me. I may need to reserve judgment until later. I if I was to drink this blind without knowing it was an IPA, I wouldn't say this was an IPA. It's a New England. Why? It doesn't taste anything like an IPA to me. Does it to you? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. I'm you're, the IPA you're, you're, guy. Used, you're used to the high grapefruit IPAs. I guess. This this tastes nothing like an IPA. I'm not sure what it tastes like. It tastes like a Pilsner to me. Oh, Fred. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. We don't say the P word around not here. Not the P word. I'm going to say right now, for me, it's a meh. But I, I'm i always open to give it a chance, so we'll go with the half glass mm-hmm. waiting period and go from there. So, All right. I'm finding that judging is getting more difficult. Is it because we're running out of beers? No, like my I've sampled so many, and I think my horizons have expanded to where now it's just, oh, it's a this Michigan craft beer, I'll drink that. It's for me. For me. I'm not sure what that says about me. Uh huh. Well, since since we're talking about Michigan, the great state of Michigan, the frozen tundra, the Michigan Michigan State duel on the football field. Between uh, last episode and this episode, we got. Eight inches of snow, ten inches of snow. Yeah, yeah. we got slammed for being fall. Whew. I hope the rest of the winter <laughs> isn't like that. And, and it's funny that snowfall kind of gently leads us into our cultural topic. Again, we have a uh, cholita here, cholito, not cholita. That would be his feminine side, but as far as we know, we want cholito. <laughs> Uh, Our special guest is still with us, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, he's from Mexico and uh, has eventually ended up in the great state of Michigan. And so what we kind of wanted to do, since we're definitely a pro-Michigan podcast, especially with beer Mm -hmm. and and all things good in Michigan, we thought we would kind of uh, throw a couple questions at Cholito about how he feels about the Great Lakes state and such. And such. I love it. If I could describe describe it, simple sentence will be, I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, it might not be the safest city that I've ever lived. On. <laughs> But well, it's what actually, are you well, talking? It, it actually is. It actually is. You know, if I, if I mention all the previous cities, it actually is. It's the safest city I've ever lived. lived. Oh, it is the uh, safest. It is. Oh, I yeah. thought you were saying it I am, was. I am retracting. <laughs> it, it is, but it might not be in the world. You know, you know. <laughs> its reputation might not be that nice, but it's been the safest. Uh, no, yeah. Um, I don't know. I got a, a small joke that I always make every year when we get like the first snow. You know, of 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 this season, I got all my friends sending me like all these barbecuing pictures, you know, and I'm going to to the beach pictures, you know. So like I reply with this, hey, we just got six seven inches of snow today, you know. It's a uh, it's a uh, late October, you know. <laughs> so from now on to March, anyone that sends me those pictures are blocked. Yeah. <laughs> so, so every year I get to filter my Facebook. It goes clean, you know. Like fifty percent of the people just go out, you know, and they 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 add me back up like in April, you know. So yeah, um, overall I love it. Um, there's a couple of things that are completely different from where I come from, but overall yes, I love it. So any specific questions? I guess if you have. Well, yeah. Since we're talking about snow and the cold weather. How do you how do you find winters since you grew up probably not having winters like we have? I mean, oh yeah, versus um, the the hot weather year round. Do do you enjoy? Because we def we have four defined seasons here in Michigan. Where in yes. where you're from, it's hot and hotter. I yeah, would imagine. yeah. So <clears throat> I remember, I guess me and many other kids in any country below. Or no, any 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 state below half line US US. Um you watch all these movies, you know, and all these cartoons. It's Christmas, your mom uh, finally puts up the Christmas tree and you're like, Hey, where's all the snow? <laughs> you know, I mean I don't see I mean they tell me in school in elementary the leaves um in the next couple of weeks they're gonna be falling. It's been three months. Nothing ever moved, you know. They look greener. What are you talking about? So, so, so you are a kid, you know. You don't know about seasons. Mostly affect certain, you know, pieces of land. You know, like they they lied to me. You know, I, I took a set. I, I took a test on this. And they they lied to me. You know, so you finally realize, oh, yeah. it's it's not my area. My area is just dry, you know, or, or humid, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, there's a huge difference. Um. When they, when the company asked me, um, you want to move to Michigan, they, one of the questions was, do you like cold weather? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I said, yes. That's I do. yes. But, I mean, I mean, they never, they never said for how long it was going to be. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was just very stupid. I thought it was going to be a, a, a two-week top. Gotta wear a hoodie for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Five, six weeks, you know, it's like my home time, it's okay. I mean, if, if, if I knew it was gonna be for six months, hey, you know, we, we gotta renegotiate, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's something wrong here, you know. You didn't say it was gonna be half the year that, that I was gonna be trapped somewhere for six months, you know. Trapped? That's a good way to put it, because <laughs> I've lived here most of my life. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah, no, uh, I remember <laughs> I, uh, I arrived, um, like late September 
almost like the last week of September, a couple of years ago here in Michigan, and I was wearing a jacket. By the time it was November, I had like three coats, you know, and all my high cold gear, you know, on. And I do, I guess the body does get used to it. Right now it's middle of November. I have the same jacket that I was wearing in September. So I've improved, you know. I think you yeah. definitely climatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the body, the body is really smart. Now when I go back over there to, to my hometown, as soon as I leave the airport, I'm like, what the hell is this? I can't even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> how, how how do you guys even barbecue? I can't even. Um, I'm barbecuing myself just just by standing here. So like, how do you guys stay out all day? You know. So so yeah, no. Um, the body does climatize. Um. I don't think there's a perfect weather, or at least the place I've lived, it's either extremely hot or here extremely cold. But overall, if I had to choose, I would choose the cold. I just hate that you you take a bath, you go out anywhere, and you are sweating because of how much warm it is outside. I, I just hate that, you know. You can't go anywhere without sweating, you know. So just because of that reason, I will stay, stay with the cold weather. Okay. Well, yeah. you got to make choices yep. in life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's trade-offs for all of it. But you do Do you like the four seasons that we have? Oh, I love them. you think them. that's nice that it kind of changes? I love them. Um, I do think um, autumn, it's, it's more like a lie. <laughs> or it's so fake, it's... Lie. It lasts like two weeks, man. You know, <laughs> He's it's like, it lasts. It lasts like two weeks. You know, like you know. I mean, between work and all these extra activities, you know, so you don't even get. If you're lucky, if 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 you if you get to see all those beautiful trees, lasts like two weeks. And like it's 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 not even there, you know. But yeah, we we do have the four. But what what did you think of? The, the color change your first year here oh it's just beautiful um, it's amazing I, I'm isn't very it? lucky to live in a section of the city in which I gotta take the, the highway every day and drive a couple of miles and I'm lucky that that section of my of my transportation trip um it's just full of pines so if it's winter, it looks beautiful. Everything's no, you know, it's like Game of Thrones, but here in Michigan, you know what I'm saying? It just looks beautiful. Um, if it's autumn, I get to see that, you know, for a couple of weeks. If it's summer, it all looks super green, shiny. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. So I just love it. And then I guess, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, to say this, but the portion of Michigan just close to Lake Michigan it's just the most beautiful oh that's just well, amazing you can say that, that. we know yeah, that I mean I, I mean I don't want to offend people from all the areas of the state you know what I'm saying but we'll I just well we don't we I just think it's <laughs> like if I had to choose a section from Michigan I'm like I'm moving there you know it's just beautiful the the lake and the sand and the pines the combination it's it's amazing yeah. Have you been uh, to the Upper Peninsula yet? I've been all the way to Mackinac Bridge. I haven't crossed the bridge. The bridge. Um, Time's up, road trip. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Take yeah, yeah. If I may be your guest, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trolling to, 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 to cross the bridge. Um, the I've gone to Mackinac Island, but I've never. So you've never actually been to the UP? No. Uh, 
No, all, all my trips, <clears throat> trips like the most I've traveled up to the north. It's been like in the islands a couple of times, but I've never crossed the actual bridge. You know. He must be a fudgy. <laughs> yes, you're a fudgy. Um, why? I don't know. Nah, he didn't ask the right question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was gonna say, "What's a fudge?" If you gotta ask, you are one. Damn! <laughs> I was gonna do That's that. What I wanted to say. Actually, actually, I actually, I, I was gonna do that. That's what I stayed quiet for like one second. I'm like, I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I think you wanna get something out of me. I'm just yeah. not gonna do it on purpose. I was foiled. <laughs> you almost got me. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna ask why instead of. All right. Uh, do do. You, do you have a couple favorite things about Michigan that you like, and maybe some that you don't like? Um, yes, because it's not a perfect place, so yeah, no, yeah, yes, I was saying there's besides no the road. place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Fix the damn roads. <laughs> Talking about the road, the road snaps. Um, uh, you think this is bad, <laughs> dude? Like you, you think this is bad? Uh-huh. You know. You know, um, you don't know where I come from. You know, it's uh, the whole country is like that. It's it's worse. You know, I mean, no offense to my country, but the, you know, I mean, you complain about this. This is like perfect motorcycle. You know, for, you know, from from compared to my country. So this is nothing. I, I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know. You go to other states, it's just beautiful, but this is like <laughs> I will never complain about this. Never you know, about the roads, and and I know they're not perfect at all. But but yeah, uh, yeah, um. I guess there is one place close by still to the city that I live is um, Island Lake. It's oh, one of those. Island um, Lake yeah, Park, yeah. A part of the... Metro Park, yeah. Yeah, state parks, you know, here here that we got Michigan. I just love that place. Um, I know there's way better. That, that one's just closer to me from compared to the other ones that I have closed. You do a lot of close biking to me. there, right? Yeah. That one's just beautiful. You can do... Biking, running, trails, kayaking, boats, swimming. That's one thing I'll say about our state is we have a really nice state park and park system. Yeah, above average for sure. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know. I guess I'm a homer, but I, I think this we do have a nice above average system, mm-hmm. especially when you get farther north, but. I, I know I've been to Island Lake a number of times, and that was the first place we took our daughter camping. She was like oh, really? 18 months. Yeah, we went to Island Lake and we camped. Because we it was on a holiday weekend, and we were trying to get in at all the regular bigger parks. Couldn't. Oh, yeah. Um... We got into Island Lake because it isn't known for camping. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that was like the first trip we took her there. It's sort of like a special place to me because uh-huh. of that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, it's not, it's not famous for. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's not famous. I mean, if you compare it to the ones in Upper Peninsula, it's just there's no comparison to the ones above, you know, and around Tower City and all of that, you know, and the coast of Michigan Lake. But yeah, if you got a couple of bucks, Wednesday you make a reservation, <laughs> cheap <laughs> compared to the other ones. Friday you leave work, you know, and. Stay there for the whole weekend. You do all the activities, you know, barbecue and spend the nights and you know, whatever. And it's and you, you don't gotta travel so much. That's why I love right, it. You it's know? not that far. And mm-hmm. you come back Sunday. Hey, you had a great weekend yep. uh, in the complete nature. So yep. So um, you had mentioned like the the Lake Michigan portion of the state. Is there like a 
particular area along Lake Michigan or a city that you visited that you like? Oh my Is god, I'm so bad at particular? names. So bad at names. We'll we'll try and help you. Yeah, we're um, here to help. There's there's a couple of towns near the sand dunes. This is is the Bear. Yeah, sand dunes. Do you, do you recall the names? Empire. Another one. Um, what's the place with a sure little fishing Empire. town? Oh gosh. Yes, me into the second beer. You said you were here to help. I, I'm look uh, at you yeah, not yeah, helping. Yeah, I'm, 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 you on, say Fred. it, I'll take it. You know, help. Okay. Leland. Did you go to Leland? Oh, no, Traverse City. Definitely that one. I haven't been to Traverse City. I've. You've been to the sand dunes, but you've I've been waiting Traverse for you guys City. to do like a special, you know, location put them up. But you know, Traverse City. Like, be we're for we're due in a few months for a TC trip. Yeah, we are. There you go. I mean, <laughs> so so you like the sand dunes, eh? Oh yeah, there's beautiful. You know, it's uh, you go half an hour to go up up one, half an hour to go on another one. Four hours later, you get there. No, yeah, it's it's, it's beautiful. When you next time you go out there, what you need to do is there's a a little town called Leland. It's a little touristy fishing town kind of place, and they have a ferry that goes out to. Well, you were at Sleeping Bear Dunes, right? So the big sand dunes is considered the Mother Bear. I've been to Mother Bear also. Yep. And then there's two islands out in the water. I haven't been to the islands. No. Right. I know you haven't. I'm assuming you have. Zuri's helping you. Here's where I'm helping you. So, you there's um, South Manitou Island and North Manitou, and those yeah, are the I've those are the him. those yes, are the I've baby bears. Yes. Supposedly they drowned out in the water or whatever, but you can take a, a ferry ride out there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how long those. So you, you take a ferry. Is it like a trail activity or like picnic or just to well. What's you can the... go out there and backpack. Okay. You, you can. The islands are not very big. I've only backpacked on um, South Manitou, which is the smaller of the two, and I think from. So what do you mean by to, backpack? You know. You know, backpack. Yeah. Put a backpack. Right. You have all your stuff, and you stay out on the island. Oh, you you mean you sleep in islands? Yeah, you sleep. Oh, okay, in okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've only done South Manitou, and that's a lot more civilized. And then North Manitou is the one next to it it's bigger it's a little bit more rustic nice yeah yeah but yeah you need to go out take the ferry and go out to south manitou there's a lighthouse out there and uh there's a sunken ship that mm. you can swim out to that, that sounds like a beautiful oh it's so- summer weather mm-hmm. july <laughs> the, the thing about going to those islands though is you can get stuck out there be- because if the the lake gets big waves on it, they won't come back to pick you up, so you you can get stuck. So, like, so shouldn't there be like a more or less fixed schedule every day at there, ten a.m.? There is a fixed schedule, but weather if dependent. The, if the weather so what gets ha- nasty, you get stuck out there. <laughs> Well, tough. So <laughs> don't go. Don't go if you can't handle that. <laughs> no, I mean I totally can. You know. Um... Are you weak? <laughs> I know you're not. Hey, I got less beer than you. Come on, <laughs> you know I don't say that so far. I'm just teasing you, but yeah, if you ever get out there, it, it's worth. You go in Leland, and they have the ferries that go out, and and it's kind of cool. You go out to the islands, 
And they only do it like certain days during the week. Like North Manitou, <clears throat> a lot of people don't go there because it's rustic. They like South Manitou because the light, the lighthouse is there. There's the oldest cedar growth in the whole United States. Or there? If you're into trees. On the islands. Okay. So it's cool. And plus they got the shipwreck there. You can hmm. swim out to that. It's good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You should go there. We should go. We should go. All right, so you so you like the Lake Michigan thing? Um, you said you have not been to the UP. There's I some, haven't crossed the bridge. There are some amazing places to go up there. Oh my gosh! I was wondering if there's a possibility to do something fun and nice during this Thanksgiving break over there. Up there? No. Yes. Um, Snowshoe? It, no, there's it might be too cold. To do up there ever. <laughs> too cold. Do you like the snowmobile? <laughs> I've never done it, so you know I was thinking about okay, that's a perfect. Excuse that's pretty much their primary mode of transportation up there this time of year. <laughs> I've never done it, so I'm really looking to, you know. I don't know if now is a great time to go. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I was just wondering. You know, we got a couple of days. Mm. Use them. I normally stay around here for Thanksgiving, but really? uh, that's not. To me, that's not a destination for that time of year. That summer is yeah, when you want to go. What you oh. want to do, and Bubba and I know this because we've been there, is you need to go up during 4th of July. 4th of July? Yes. There's a town, um, Grand Marais. Mm-hmm. Small little town of like 2,000 people or so, but they shut down the streets and have a huge 4th of July party. That's where you want to be. Grand Marais, yeah. Yep. Grand Marais. That's right up on the... Uh, Pictured Rocks? Yep. It's the east side of the Pictured Rocks Trail. Okay. It's the end of it, essentially. Yep. The far west, right? E- east. East? Grammarie's East? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Munising is west. the west. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm bad. My bad. Yeah. That's what you want to do. That's uh, that's my plan for 4th of July this year, actually. To go up there. Really? Yep. All right. Cool. I think we're doing a four-day weekend trip. Yep. But you got to go to the UP. <clears throat> yeah, no, I do want to. Just... There's Tequamanon Falls. There's Pictured Rocks. Right, all. Come on. <laughs> we will. We will. Come on. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll do the South Air. Come on. We'll, we'll come do the South There's too much to do live. <laughs> okay. So in moving to Michigan, has there been anything in particular that you feel has, like, changed your life, Had like, had a big impact on you? Or no? You know what? Um, I have always been a sporty person mm-hmm. ever since I've, I've been a kid. Um, not related to my parents or anything like that, just just like sports. But um, when I was growing up, I saw that, I mean, and by growing up, I mean 5 to 10, all the adults that were 30 or beyond. I always saw this mentality of people turning 30 in Mexico. Any guy, any lady. And they're like, I'm old. I can't run anymore. Oh, they were accepting 30 as being old? But it's just, it's, it's just a mentality, because <laughs> it's, 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 it's just a mentality that you can't do anything else. You, you can barely go upstairs, and that's it. And then the border of, the, the border of Texas... Almost all of it, you kind of get, you kind of get like a 50-50 or sometimes even 60-40 culture 
cultural towns in which 60% of that culture is Mexican, 40% U.S., or even more sometimes more Mexican. So that mentality, I did see it a lot in Texas. Almost same mentality. Now, since I'm a small sport person, I try to do sports, you know, and stuff like that. So I moved here to Michigan. And I find all these 40, 50, 65, 60 year old people kicking my eyes in races, all types of races, triathlons, biking, that's running, that's very and kicking my ass like bath. Um, I just started martial arts. I can tell you 70, 75% of the students, they're all above 35, 35 to 65, all of them. You're doing two. Jiu Jitsu right? and see me, and they can all kick my ass. And there, there's there's a couple of youngsters like me, <clears throat> but when I was in the in the adult class in Mexico ten years ago, and that's my twenties. Um, I usually wouldn't see old people do sports. It was all of us youngsters, and no matter what discipline I try here in here in Michigan. It's not only young, youngsters, it's a combination of youngsters and, I don't want to say elder, but more, okay. more experienced people, you know, people in their 20s Wiser with 30 people. years of experience, people you know. You know, that, yeah. that, that's actually very interesting. Yeah. So, I've never heard anybody say that. I, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but every time, right now it's November, it's freaking cold out there, you know, and snowing, you know, from, so from here to February... It, I'm in my car, I'm driving anywhere, no matter what time, because the sun comes up at 8 a.m. and the sun goes down at 5, 5 p.m. So I'm basically, Thank you, daylight savings. So, so I'm basically in the office, you know, I can't see the light for like uh-huh. six months. And it's freaking cold outside, no matter if it's early morning or late night. And you see 45-year-old ladies running by themselves. And you are like, that lady isn't going for a half a mile. She's going for three miles at least, you know. With this weather, you know, with this environment conditions, you know. You you don't get that over there in Texas or, or Mexico. You just don't get it. So, like, the culture is more like age is a, I don't know, mentality thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it, it, it shouldn't stop you unless you're actually disabled, you know. I don't want to say all of, all of bitching and it's like that. But you do get a lot of... But you, you see it more you here. See than it you see it way more. That, that is um, really interesting. Nowadays, I've seen these type of things grow, grow, I mean, become more, more typical in Mexico. But it's because of the, of the newer generations, you know, that are, that are not, that are just not the same. So, I mean, I don't want to say Mexico, but I mean, time change, you know, but I, I do see a younger generation in Mexico, but I... I don't see any elderly generations, and here you you see it everywhere. <clears throat> I'm just amazed by that. So it sort of changed my mind in by saying, "Hey, kind of recalibrating I just, I just, I just, what I just you turned, think old is." Yeah, I just turned thirty. I don't feel old, old at all. You know, I, I don't have to adopt that mentality. You know, um, and I can still compete with 18, 20, 22, 24 at any sports, kick their ass, and the sixty-year-olds also kicking my ass. <laughs> so. <laughs> I still don't know how it happens, but, but yep. Well, Mr. Sporty over here has been talking about all this healthy stuff. Yeah. Let's talk unhealthy. Unhealthy? There are foods that are native 
to our great state yes. and drinks. And I was just curious if there was anything that you found that's pure Michigan kind of thing that you like. <sighs> okay, so countries are usually known for foods, right? What are? Co- any country is usually known yeah, for yeah. food, right? If I tell you French food, you'll say, yeah, delicious, Mexican, delicious. You might say we add too, more spi- too much spicier cheese. If I say American, sadly, we think fast food. No offense to anyone. Okay. None taken. <laughs> yeah. Even though there are typical things, you know, typical cities with their own dishes. Um, I was doing this trip to Lake Michigan a couple of, well, a lot of times this year. And we stopped, we stopped at a couple of places, and this is where I need your help. And, like, small shops just along the road, along these small, very small towns, they will say, like, this kind of dishes, like, typical Mich- Michigan dish. I don't know the name. Can you help me with it? A, a pasty? Pasty? Pasties! Those things! Oh, man! That is, the, that yeah. is pure Michigan food right Yes, there. the pasties. Oh, especially up in the UP. The, y- yes, the pasties. And, and, and my friends are like, try it. Like, like I just look at it. And <laughs> this is not a Mexican thing. This is just... This is a, a Cholito thing. Completely Cholito thing, you know? This, this is just me. I am ver- a very visual person. A what? Does it... Visual, you know? Oh, visual, okay. Does it look eatable? Does it not look eatable, you know? So I'm like, I don't think my dog at home will eat that. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I don't even care about the smell. Let's, let's, I'm like, step one. I'm like, are you sure that's cooked? You know, or like, like I, can't, I can't tell what is that, you know? And number two, like, I, I go by the smell. This is a mixture of all the things that... I, I don't know, man. You know, I'm sure. You know, I go then. Then I go like for taste. I'm, no, the, me spe- specifically, me. I'm texture, not even taste. I go step three, texture, texture. I'm like, no, I don't like things that are not crunchy. <laughs> this is not crunchy. I don't. I just don't like it. I'm like, no. Then I go. Then I go taste. You're paying, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not eating this. I'm not paying for this. I'm like you. I'm like you made me. You made me order this. You're paying for this. You know. <laughs> not a fan of the pasty. The pasty. No offense to anyone. I'm just. Oh mm, wow, that. Not a fan. That's very I'm not the healthiest when it comes to eating. I'm a meat lover, and that's basically it. I thought everybody liked pasties, but all right. The, to me, as far as I know. That's a Michigan thing. Or, uh, yeah. I it could so. be a, like yeah, a Wisconsin oh, thing. Yes. Yeah. No? Yeah. Man, screw Wisconsin. I've only seen them here in Michigan, so. All right. So, if you're done. Oh, no. Go ahead. So, speaking of food, I got to ask. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. So, maybe. Go for it. Because I like Mexican food, right? So, oh, I got to ask Taco Bell, how, how authentic <laughs> is it, right? So good, right? <laughs> I've only been to Taco Bell twice in my life. And you love really? it. Really? <laughs> well, they serve, they don't serve past the first, the first time I went to Taco Bell, I was... I mean, in South Texas, there's a lot of Taco Bells. Taco Bell is a, it's a nation. Um, anyway. So, I mean, when you're in Mexico, you have so, so good tacos. So why would you go to a... Fake place, no offense to the Taco Bell fans, right? Quit apologizing. Well, that's just the way I am. Well, I'm a Taco Bell fan, and I'm offended. You see? You see? <laughs> I'm a nice guy, man, you know, even though uh, I don't like a lot of 
stuff. Or, up. Or people, you know? Screw him. Screw him. <laughs> Screw him. Yeah. Anyway, so I remember, I remember that part out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went there um, with some um, friends and whatever, you know. Some and, bad hombres. Yeah, just yeah, some friends, you know, and there was a, a, a steakhouse next to it. I'm like, I'm going to that steakhouse while you guys yeah. eat here. So, so me and my other friend, we went to the steakhouse. I'm like, I, I'm just not eating here. You know, that's that's not. And the second time I've been is because I guess it was like peer pressure. You know, a couple of friends from college we did this trip and they they we all stopped there. So I'm like, I'm just gonna order, and I order a, a quesadilla mm-hmm. or attempt <laughs> of, of a quesadilla. You know, and it's. No offense, it's, it was just all Americanized, you know, like from the, the flour, the everything. It's it's not authentic at all. Anything that is crispy, mm-hmm. if you ever get a, a, a tortilla that is crispy, that it can hold its shape for some reason, you just don't eat it. <laughs> it's, 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 a tortilla is not, it's not meant to do that. A tortilla is meant to break, you know, to be all loose, you know, and waffling, you know. Okay. So, so yes, not you know. So my real question, actually, I was gonna say, where did the Taco Bell thing <laughs> right. come from? Because in pregame, there was no mention of right. Taco Bell, but there was mention. There is of a this. grocery store slash restaurant that I know you said you've been to. Well, we we work right there. Yeah, I know, and I used to work there, so I've been there many a time. Oh, so you've worked in this in this place? I worked by that place. Yeah. Oh, by that place. Yes. Okay. So, Carnival Market. How authentic is that place? So I, I have coworkers yeah, that, that, that need is to a know. Good, that's a very good question. Let's start. Okay. Uh, let's let's start with the background of that place. I do know a little bit of the, of its background. It's uh, its purpose is to serve more or less Mexican products that you can't find in a normal Walmart or any right. any big food chain grocery store. So they do import a lot of um, authentic Mexican products, as I was mentioning right now. Uh, but yeah, so the owners are not Mexicans. It's just a guy that had a brilliant idea after visiting a different city. And he saw this similar shop. And he's like, hey, we don't get anything in our area that provides that, um, those Mexican products. You know, and we've got a huge Mexican community just Especially everywhere. in Pontiac, right? Yeah, exactly. Pontiac you know, has a large are, Mexican Yeah, we're very close to... It, this store's, this shop's very close to Pontiac. So mm. yeah, you automatically um, drive all those Pontiac people into this place and everyone around, you know. And and it's just good to have a little variation from burgers. Let's have a taco, you know what I'm saying? Or any other kind of food. So, um... I want to say the fajitas, fajitas, but the seasoned ones. Not the one that they say the, the what? fajitas. Yeah. Just go like that, and they have two types: the unseasoned. Oh. Don't take that one. Well, I mean that one, unless you really know what you're doing and you know how to season meat, mm-hmm. and you're gonna put on the charcoal and everything, you know, like real barbecue. And go for it. If not, trust them. Completely buy the one that season is a little bit more expensive, but buy it. It's got so much flavor. Do they sell that at the lunch counter? Or are you talking just in? The- no, that is not for lunch. That you gotta buy it, and we'll do it in summer. We can barbecue. We'll buy it and already seasoned. I don't know what how they do it, but it's just delicious. So he's talking about the the, 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 the lunch, lunch counter. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I wasn't that, talking about lunch. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
tamales they sell there. No good, huh? No good. Oh. Um, the other types of meat, they're good. They're good. Um, the bread, the bread is good. The bread is, but like the the real, I don't know how to call it, like long. Um, like big belly bread they have. It's called bolillo or telera. Buy those ones. They are good. They're, they're, they're very the, authentic. That's at the lunch counter? You you can buy them and, and eat, eat them there. They're not in lunch counter. But yeah, basically any meat in the, in the lunch counter, they're not the best, to be honest. Hmm. But they're good. They've got good, fla good flavor. I mean, they're 90% look the same because they're cooked by Mexicans, you know. But the ingredients do matter a little bit, so that's that's why I, I just wouldn't give that hundred percent, you know. So on a scale but from one to ten, when you go into a Carnival Market and and you go to the lunch counter and you order up tacos and a burrito, how uh, how authentic is that food compared to what you you know from the homeland? Oh my god. <laughs> I will just never. I've, I've eaten a lot of burritos in different places here in the U.S. Nope. I will just never order another one from the same place. It's no. just so you're giving burritos. them a zero. You're giving them a thumbs down. A, a, a burritos, tacos. I will give them a thumbs up. Okay. Tacos, oh, okay. tacos and meats. Just burritos. Oh, I didn't talk about burritos. You said burritos. You did say burritos. You said burritos and tacos. Oh, I'm so sorry. Half a burritos, half a pinion tacos. The meats are good. Um, I will give them an eight. Oh, okay. Top eight in their best days. Seven point five, you know, regular day. <laughs> okay. Yep. You know what I hate about that place? It's the seating. That's why I, I always. I guarantee you, if they got more seating, they'll have way more people. What, what's wrong because with it will just right. become like a, like a fast food place where you can just have an, uh, something different f for, to eat. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of corporate offices around. So it's just like a, you want to win more money? Well, it's there like a go. death match. You get in there and you, yeah. you've got to like come up with this system of you order your food and you've got to figure out a way to get a booth. Yeah. So you can sit there and eat it. It's yeah, one of those but, places where if you arrive 15 minutes before lunch, tons of seats available. If you arrive at 12.15, oh, yeah, it's, you're, it's not, you're not getting people. a spot. But, I mean, I guess that's... I mean, tacos usually you eat them fast, so... At the most, you wait a couple of minutes, I guess. So that's, I, I that, get it to go personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no, I'm an old man. I have no <laughs> patience for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fight people for seats. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> that's good that's good all right well so yeah o overall it's a good start it, it, it's a good job you know it's, okay it's good to have it there instead of have the same in every corner it's good to have that one there okay sounds good i'll good take discussion it. all right well welcome to michigan again <laughs> again it's pure michigan it's great state and uh, we're glad to have you as a michigander Thank you, Naps. Thank you, Fred. Yep. Yeah. And uh, really glad you joined us today. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, it's a lot of fun to do. It's my first time doing a, a podcast. So uh -huh. we, we joked it might be one of our shorter episodes, and it's turning into one of our longest episodes. <laughs> Don't tell yeah, me that. We had a lot to say today. Yeah, so. a lot to cover. All right. Well, I guess it's that time. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Out. Cause baby, I hate
Cause baby, I hate you Cause baby